The Lord be with you and also with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. As we gather for ordered worship in this hour upon this festive Sunday, this hour of Bach cantata, sermon and word and all, the symphony of word and music, we affirm together once again that our faith and hope are set on God. Our faith and hope are set on God. The liturgy and music and service this day are offered in the praise of God for our gathered community here within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later across the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of leadership, service, and ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it as we are able. May we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. O God, whose blessed Son made himself known to his disciples in the breaking of bread, open the eyes of our faith that we may behold him in all his redeeming work, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the first epistle to Peter of Peter, chapter 1, verses 17 through 23. If you invoke as father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. You know that you are ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are set on God. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word of God, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading verses from Psalm 116 responsively with the antiphon. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, save my life. What shall I return to the Lord for all his bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your serving girl. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you a thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord.
Please stand as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Glory to you, O Lord. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, 
and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. They told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. There do come episodes in the course of a battered lifetime that place us deep in the shadows. If the shadow is dark enough, we may not feel able to move forward for our foresight and insight and eyesight are so limited. We may become bound, chained, held. Those enmeshed in the strife of warfare today come quickly to mind. Those concerned about the condition and direction of their land and country come also to mind. Those whose church or denomination seems to have slipped into a spiritual amnesia, forgetfulness about the heart of the good news, abiding love, forgetfulness of the God who come Easter is addressed by God's first name, Resurrection come personally to mind. You may have known this condition of confusion, disorientation, ennui, asadia. You may know it still. The death of a loved one can bring such a feeling. The loss of a position or job can bring such a feeling. The recognition of a major life mistake can bring such a feeling. The recollection of a past loss can bring such a feeling. The disappearance of a once radiant affection or love for a person or a cause or an institution can bring such a feeling. The senselessness of violence inflicted on the innocent can bring such a feeling. And how are we to speak and think of these things? Over the years, you may have grown frustrated by your own mother tongue in various ways. English places such a fence between thought and feeling when real thought is almost always deeply felt and real feeling is almost always keenly thought. We need another word like thought feeling or felt thought. When Charles Wesley sang, Unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combined, and truth and love, let all see. He described something so bone marrow close to life, happiness, hope, ministry, faith. And he was also wrestling with the limits of our beautiful language. Anyway, you, well-beloved, by nature and discipline, you live the thought-feeling gospel. And for that, we are lastingly thankful. Be it then thought or feeling or thought feeling, there do come episodes all in a lifetime that place us, if not in the dark, at least well into the shadows. You may have known all about this at one time, and you may know it still this morning. Come Sunday, this Sunday, some snippet of song, verse, preachment, prayer, or especially a line from today's cantata, it may be, will touch you as you meander about 
in the dim shadow twilight. Hold on to that snippet. Follow its contours along the cave of darkness in which you may now move. Let that snippet, song, verse, sermon, prayer, line, let it guide you along this coming week so you may be able to murmur when most you need to murmur. I can do this. We can make our way. I can find a handhold or foothold. We can hope and even trust that the Lord heals the brokenhearted. I can make it for now, at least for now, at least today, for the time being. It is the power and role of beauty, verbal or musical or liturgical or communal, to restore us to our rightful mind, our right thought feeling. Today, the epistle, gospel, and psalm lift a hymn of faith, a song of courage in the face of adversity. It is this lift for living which beauty, especially the beauty of holiness, and particularly this morning, the beauty of holy music that is meant to provide us. Here at Marsh Chapel, we want to accentuate truth for sure, and we want to pronounce goodness for sure, but we don't want to leave behind beauty, for beauty can heal in our work with those inner demons, in our quiet and temptation. Beauty, in the case of this morning, the beauty of Bach, often has the power to shake us loose, to set us free, to make us, as in Luke 24, not just followers, but witnesses. Dr. Jarrett, how shall we listen, both on the radio and in person, most fully to be immersed in today's Bach experience? Thank you, Dean Hill. I'd be delighted to share a little bit. But first, knowing your passion and love of the Gospel of John, I wonder if you would remind us of the highlights of the 14th chapter, a little test. I see I'm going to have to do double time. I'm working overtime. I'm honored to, happy to. You know, Dr. Jarrett, that 14th chapter finds Jesus in elevated conversation with his disciples as he predicts his passion and resurrection. Hear the phrases again. They're so familiar and nourishing to us. Let not your hearts be troubled. In my Father's house there are many rooms. I am the way, truth, and life. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Peace I leave with you. And two verses featured in this morning's cantata. Whoever loves me and keeps my word, my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. And I am going away, and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, then you would Rejoice. Thank you, Dean Hill. Proving your uh, dissertation. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. The 14th chapter of John is a rich chapter indeed, and full of verses that form the tenets of our faith and understanding of Christ in our lives, both then and now. Box, cantata, box cantatas take their names from the first line of text, and today's cantata, number 74, sets verse 23 of John 14. Wer mich liebet, der wird mein Wort halten, or whoever loves me 
and keeps my word. Bach originally conceived of the cantata for use on Pentecost Sunday in 1725, where we find the Holy Spirit come down to ignite the movement among the disciples that would become the church. The disciples and their followers of Jesus had remained stunned, suspended in disbelief that their movement and their leader had been cut down so devastatingly. Today's lesson of Jesus' appearance on the road to Emmaus finds the disciples in the initial stages of their grief, no doubt deep in their own thought-feeling. Though a cantata for Pentecost, there is surprisingly little reference to the Holy Spirit, but rather a focus on Jesus' promise to return and that faith will create a dwelling for him in our hearts. The cantata is rich with arias, four in total. The first two arias are the more personal, almost a dialogue between the ardent believer and the reminder of the words of Jesus. These mutual assurances exchanged, the final two arias turn outward to the church and beckon us to follow suit in making room for Jesus within our hearts. Both of these arias find their vigor with representations of the earthly trials each of us face in a life of faith, but also a reminder of the sufferings of Jesus that he endured in his passion. You can't have a Bach cantata without a reminder of the passion and the snares of sin, after all. Musically speaking, cantata cantata 74 is many things. The opening movement is unified by the motive of the first words rather than a chorale tune defining the structure. And for a movement with festival trumpets and timpani, the bluster is replaced with elegance and confidence of stride. At the outset, there seems an error in the order or at least an imbalance of arias and recitatives, but there is a clear internal structure that features a single recitative between each of the two aria groupings. Those two recitatives serve as musical and theological connectors to the arias on either side. Within these eight movements, we hear extraordinary variety from Bach, from the winsome soprano solo, the anxious bass continual aria that hints at our own doubt of Jesus' promise, to the tenor aria that nearly takes flight, and the blazing bravura of the final alto aria. Here we have musical and theological reminders of both penance and atonement, but certainly the assurance of love and grace. Surrounded, embraced by these musical and theological reminders, we listen again to the gospel from Luke 24, brought as an interlude into our yearly reading, mostly of Matthew, which reminds us of the healing power in ordered worship First, in the recitation of the gospel itself. Second, in an interpretation of the gospel. Third, in a communal engagement of the gospel, in the common bread of the church, in the common cup of the church, in the common life of the church. They knew him in the breaking of the bread. For some, the emphasis in Protestant fashion will fall on the knowing, For others, the emphasis in Catholic fashion will fall on the thanksgiving. For some, the what. For others, the how. For all, come Sunday, come this Lord's Day, the possibility of new life, even if dimly perceived, even if shadowed and overshadowed. 
for those, that is, who have walked past a graveyard or two, for those who have walked the valley of the shadow of death, for a world searching to match its ideals of peace with its realities of hatred, for a nation struggling to rebalance cultural poverty and financial wealth, cultural wealth and financial poverty. For you today, if you are in trouble, or you today, if you are worried about others and other graves and other yards, for you, if you have seen the hidden traps, the unforeseeable dangers, and the steel-jawed snares of life, there is hope this Easter. In this song, they knew him in the breaking of the bread. For those today, for example, who mourn the current condition of the United Methodist Church, gospel and word and companionship give some help. Remember that what is not the gospel will not, over the long term, make very good administrative procedure or church law. Remember that Methodism has long struggled to honor both its preaching voice and its administrative face. Think of Peter Cartwright confronting his presiding elder, Ernest Tittle denouncing the Central Conference, and Georgia Harkness rebuking the wrong-headedness of the 1972 discipline. Read, of course, the administrative reports, but first remember to listen to the pulpit voices in San Diego, in Chicago, in New York, in San Francisco, in Rochester, and in Boston. Remember that it is the gospel that comes first and matters most. Superintending presumes something and someone to superintend. Preaching precedes, guides, and leads administration in a healthy church. And remember especially that the gospel of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen, affirms the full humanity of gay people, as in Galatians 3, as in John 14, and as in Matthew 5. So stay on the road, walking in the journey, hearing the good news, heeding its interpretation, and being nourished in the consanguinity of love. For those today, for instance, in the thick of transition, the word has this support for you, the gift of getting by, getting through, getting out, getting home, not pausing to worry too much about the small stuff. This song is one for that point on the road when you have just to go ahead and risk and jump. You've made your assessment, you've made your plan, you've made your study, you've prayed, you're not sure but you sense a presence and you receive the courage to take one more step. Emmaus Road brings a hymn of the heart, one you sing when you are not sure, but you are confident, not certain, but confident. You can be confident without being certain. <clears throat> In fact, a genuine, honest confidence includes the confidence to admit that you're not sure. Faith means risk. Isn't that part of what we mean by faith? Once you're on the road, you have to choose between walking forward and slinking away. 
So step forward, as our cantata says in German today, eilet, hurry along, go about your discipleship, pray, study, learn, make peace, love your neighbor. (coughs) And remember the blessing of love and grace at Easter in the name of the resurrected Son, the creating Father, and the abiding Spirit. Amen.
of Eastertide, we pause in gratitude to express our thanks for the ministry of music offered by the choristers and instrumentalists here at Marsh Chapel under the direction of our music director, Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett. Good morning, and welcome again to the nave of Marsh Chapel. Whether you are seated here with us at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, listening via WBUR or an internet stream, or later via the podcast, please know that you are a valued member of our community. For those of you seated here in the pews, we ask that you enter your name and contact information into the red pads found along the center aisle. This helps us get to know you better and helps you get to know the person who is seated next to you so you can greet them after the service. 
This is the final week of classes for the spring semester here at Boston University, which means students are writing papers and preparing for exams, faculty and teaching fellows are getting ready to grade, and we at the chapel are cheering everyone on for moral support. In that vein, we have a few announcements for the end of, for end of the semester events. Regular programming for the semester will end on Wednesday, which is the last day of classes here at the chapel. On Thursday, May 4th, the chapel will hold, host Global Stress Relief Day from 10 a.m. until 5 p.m. We invite students, faculty, and staff to stop by anytime during that time period for a 15-minute massage, tea and snacks, coloring, henna, and more, all offered for free. Guided meditation will be offered at 11 a.m. Spiritual life yoga will be offered at 3 p.m. For more information, uh, you can contact me, Chaplain Jessica Chica, jchica at bu.edu. After you've relaxed, we then invite students to come study with us from Friday, May 5th until Sunday, May 7th at our end of semester study period retreat here at the chapel. Students will be given meals, spaces for study, opportunities for meditation, and support and encouragement from others during these three days. For more information and to sign up, please visit the Marsh Chapel website at bu.edu chapel. For all other news and events, we encourage you to visit our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as, well as our website, bu.edu chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for our offering, let us remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
Dearly beloved, let us pray. Gracious, loving, holy, we offer this our gift of money, a symbol of our time, energy, resources, and commitment. Bless and multiply this gift, we pray, that our giving may become receiving, and our receiving may become giving, in the beauty and mystery of your life within us and through us. Amen. the sun so warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and always. Amen. 